Good morning. Man, good to have you here. So happy that you're with us today. It really is it's a dream come true. And it's not of human effort or uh, uh, for human praise. The Lord himself is what makes those things happen when he puts them in our heart. And so we give him all the praise this morning and all the glory. And if you do walk away with anything, I hope it really is what Jay said, that you experience the Lord in this place today. And uh, you enjoy it, of course, and everything that comes even afterwards, but that you will really experience the Lord. Let me clarify something real quick uh, that we're doing with the food, the food trucks. The food's on us today, right? But it's not like Bachelor Paradise where you take as much as you can carry out for the next two weeks. We don't have enough food. They ran out of food last night, believe it or not, um, with so many people. So they've restocked it all this morning. I know that there is a hot dog, there's a pizza, there's a taco, and there's an ice cream. Pastor Terry had this great advice. I think he'll do it again. If you're smart, go to the ice cream truck first. Then everybody else will circle through. Then you can go get your your taco reminder, but it's on us today. It's our way of saying thank you to you. Hope that you will hang out. Please check out the building if you haven't seen it. The only area that you'll need uh, staff to take you to, to go through the offices to the training center, which is on uh, the northeast part of the building. Uh, you have to find someone with a lanyard to help you get back there, but everything else will be wide open. You can walk around, check it out, but if you want to see the training center, you go through the offices to do that, and because um, you know the pastors have their things back there, that part's a little more uh, secure than uh, what we're doing with the rest of the building. Okay, uh, last night, here's what we did. Sitting in this section over here, I invited all of the people who had a hand in building the building, from um, the person who helped us with the real estate, right? And we kind of did that last night, but I wanted to just hit real quick this morning in order to honor them. So I'm going to go real fast. We're not going to clap for each one. We can wait till the very end of it. Adam Gower was our commercial real estate agent who really helped us uh, sell our properties, find the right property, uh, work with the city. We sure appreciate him. Lee Architects, if you are in a project and need an architect, I can fully recommend Lee Architects. Friends in Pittman was our builder. Uh, if you are about to build a church, I would recommend Friends in Pittman. But if you are, why? Just come here and it'll be so much easier for you. We've already done all the hard work. Uh, Western Project Management, John Goad, um, was kind of the liaison between our lender, the builder, and Pastor Todd, and did such a good job for us. If you need somebody to manage a project for you, I could recommend him. Uh, our own um, Jim Schoenfeld. Jim, I don't know if you're in the building right now. I, it's hard for me to see up here with these lights. Are you here? First of all, he was here last night. Uh, Jim helped us get pushed through an electrical problem that really was holding up the building, and I, I forgot to mention him last night. I wanted him to know how grateful we are. Our board, uh, Gary Hilgers, Gene Camp, and Gary Vogt, um, man, you know, it was really in the beginning of a pandemic, literally, that I said to them, let's sell everything we have and build a building. Um, you know, that takes a lot of faith and a lot of boldness, and you got to have a lot of trust, people that you've worked with a long time that uh, you do things like that. And it took a church who said, okay, we get you, Pastor. We'll be with you in that. Uh, my family, my mom, my mom flew in. She's right here. My brother is here, Chad. Love my brother, Chad. Came to support me this morning. And he brought his mother-in-law, Susan McDonald, this morning. So thank you, Susan, for being here. My kids, man, my kids worked so hard to make this happen. Uh, you know, I, I used to say the best thing about ministry today is that my kids are working with me. That, that used to be true. Now it's that I get to do it with my grandkids too, right? That is outshined even the other. Thirteen grandkids now uh, in our family. And just, um, man, loving Jesus, I appreciate that. Church for you. The truth of the matter is all of these people had a particular role that they played in it. But you were the ones who, if you prayed for it, if you cheered for it, if you gave to it, uh, if you supported us during uh, going into school, having to go online, 
having to just be uncomfortable, not knowing in the middle of a pandemic how it was going to go. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for what you've done. Our staff, honestly, there's not a better staff. I, I would spend time just bragging on them this morning, but I, there's something that I need to do with the message. But I'll just give you an, an idea. When we were in the school, uh, the staff would get there at 4 o'clock in the morning and begin the setup process and just stay all day long to tear it down. And I, I don't think any pastor has a better staff than the staff that I have that's worked with me, that's cared for me, that's encouraged me. They're sitting mostly up here in the front, but they're kind of all around the auditorium. If you've seen any of our staff today, they're wearing those lays, right? Those Hawaiian lays, and they probably have a lanyard on. Thank them when you see them, because they did an outstanding job for us. Couldn't have done it without them, no way. And to the one who made it all happen, who's the reason that we did it, the reason that I am living and give my life to this, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Huh? We, we celebrate and we bless His name. And that's our... Uh, that's our happy right there. So um, here's what we're doing. We're in a little series called If I Could, I Would. If you've been here and you heard it, um, just be patient with me so I can explain it to people who don't uh, know. It's not looking backwards and being sorry. Because usually when someone says, if I could, I would. I wish I would have done this. I wish I could change that. I wish I could, I, I could start new. Um, that's not what this is. I think that we can learn from the past. I think that there's things in the past that we can build on. But I think if you're a believer, instead of saying, uh, if I could, I would, I think you can say, I can and I will. I think that things can change. Do you believe that? You can have a renewed mind. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, if you don't like the fruit that you're getting, change the tree. Don't just live with the tree. Don't keep fertilizing a tree that you don't like the fruit from. Right? Don't double down on it. What they say what? Insanity is to keep doing the thing you've always done and expect there to be a different result. If you don't like the fruit that you're getting, Jesus said change the tree. So when we look back, we can use that to move forward. And that's what Paul talked about, forgetting what lays behind. I stretch on towards what's in front of us. So this is really coming into today. I kind of wrote the message this way. If I could, I would with Jubilee. So there's a couple of things that I would do different. I'll tell you real quickly what they are. But not just like, hey, I wish we would have done these things. What I'm telling you is these are the things we're going to be doing because we should have been doing them better than we're doing them right now. And then there's three things that we're always going to keep doing because we're getting great fruit from these things. And I think it's why we exist as a church. So let me, let me begin. Um, I'm not going to go all the way back to 98 or 2016 with a heart attack. I'm going to start in 2019. In 2019, uh, the whole thing started. Chris and I were in Israel. We had taken a trip uh, with a group. We tried to do it every year uh, and take a group. And in 2019, we were in Israel. And I had had a heart attack in 2016. And some medicine that I was taking at the time, by the way, I'm great, clear, don't even have to go back to the cardiologist. But at the time, I was taking this blood thinner, right? And the blood thinner keeps you, you're not supposed to be in real hot temperatures. When we go down to the Dead Sea, you're going to the lowest place on the face of the earth that you can go to, um, and it's always hot down there. We're usually there in September, and it's usually like 110, 115 degrees down by the Dead Sea. So we were in Jerusalem that morning. We were going to leave Jerusalem and go down to the Dead Sea, and I had the perfect excuse not to go into those hot temperatures. I said, I'm going to send the other pastors, and Chris and I are going to stay here in Jerusalem. We had this cool hotel room. We could open up the doors, and it overlooked the old city of Jerusalem, right? Just beautiful. We could see the Joppa Gate from where we were staying. And so uh, the team goes down that day, and Chris and I, um, we, we just, it was kind of a nice, it was a break. Right towards the end of the trip, we had breakfast that morning, and then we went back up to the room, and I opened up the doors, and we're overlooking the old city of Jerusalem. And we were just seeking the Lord's face. We are just thanking Him. We weren't asking for anything. We are just seeking His face. Do you understand what I mean by that right there? We weren't seeking Him because we wanted anything. We were seeking Him because He's the prize. He's it. 
It's fallen to us in good places because we know the Lord. And so we were just worshiping him and we were thanking him. Um, And I was reading some passages out of the Bible. And I don't remember what exactly took me into Genesis. Uh, Maybe I was reading something about Jerusalem when God, you know, gave it to Israel. And maybe we were praying over the peace of, of Jerusalem. I'm not sure exactly what was going on that morning. But Genesis 47, verse 27, I read it out loud. And I, I hope you've had this experience. I hope you know the difference between the Bible and every other book is that the Bible is active and alive. It's living. It's breathing. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. Sometimes you're reading it and it just seems like it's ink and paper. But sometimes you read it and the Holy Spirit grabs you and says, look at this, listen to this. And he speaks to us boldly. And I literally read this verse. I read it out loud to Chris. And I stopped. And we both know that the Lord was speaking to us. And that verse goes like this. Meanwhile... The people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen, where? So they're not in Israel. Israel's the promised land. That's what God has given to Israel. That's where their promise and their their fortune and their future lies in Israel. But they're in Egypt right now, and there's a long story of how they got there. But here's the important thing. The people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. There they acquired property, and they were fruitful, and their population grew rapidly. And I know that the Lord spoke to us and said, the place that you're in right now is not the place that you're going to be. There's a place that I'm going to bring you to. It may not be the place you think, but I'm going to prosper you in that place. You're going to acquire property. You're going to become very fruitful, and your population is going to grow. Now, I just need to be honest with you. We've always felt like growth is its a wonderful thing, right? It really is a wonderful thing, but momentum has two sides to it. Trying to get momentum is really important, but once you get it, momentum can take you in 100 miles where you didn't want to go. You have to kind of control momentum. And we had, as a church, experience sometimes where growth outpaced our ability to handle the growth. So when I read the part on growth, I even actually said to the Lord, God, I'm not so sure that we need to grow that much more. And I felt like the Lord said, John, there's more than just numerical growth, there's spiritual growth. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, there's going to be a time of growth, an open heaven coming to this place. And not just Jubilee, but I do think Jubilee is an epicenter. I believe Jubilee is a place where God can do it. I believe Jubilee is a place that wants it to happen. I think there's many churches that want it to happen, and they need to join together and pray and hold out. But I think that Centennial is going to experience a move of God that if you had not been here to see it yourself, you would have said that couldn't have happened in our day and age. That's what I believe. I won't quit believing that. I'm holding out for that. We're building in this time, doing what we're doing in this time, because we believe that open heaven is possible. And that God wants to move amongst his people again in a powerful, powerful way. So I have this word from the Lord. We are going to go to a place, it's maybe not the original place that we thought, but it's a place that God's going to give to us. We'll acquire property, we'll be very fruitful, that part I really love, and then you'll grow rapidly. And I felt like the Lord said it was spiritual growth. So Chris and I are talking about it, and I said I need to tell the church this. So we come back from Israel that very next weekend, I stood up in front of the church and I said this, I don't know when, I don't know where, we don't have the money in the bank to do this, I'm not sure how it's going to be possible, but I want you to hear me say it now because the difference between prophecy and history is this. Prophecy has to be said before it happens. Anybody can be history and read what happened, but you have to say it before it happens for it to be prophetic, yes or no? So I just said, I want to say it now before any of this happens. And lo and behold, two months later, a pandemic hits. Wow, Pastor, you were right on. Literally in the middle of a pandemic, we sell all of our properties. And here was the thing about it. The way that I knew it was the right time. We didn't lift a finger to do it. The Lord told us, I will do this. People began to approach us. Most of you know the story. Approach us out of the blue, making offers on our property, making it easy. The church that bought our Lone Tree building, stay in it for the next six months. 
You can keep it and keep meeting there. I only misjudged by nine months how much longer we were going to need it. (laughs) So I just stand up, not to read history to you, but to confirm prophecy. The Lord said it and the Lord did it. And literally, you watch that video. It was a little more than 18 months, but 18 months was December 26th of 2020 that we began the process of raising money for the building. And 18 months later, here we are. Here we are. It's pretty, pretty wonderful, isn't it, man? It's pretty awesome. Check it out. All right, so what would I change? What would I change? What would I do different? Looking back almost 25 years, what would I do different? Let me give you two things. One, um, I would have a lot more. I will have a lot more gratitude towards God for the things he's doing now, not for the things that I want him to do later. Let me explain this. I, my personality is such that I'm never very content in the place I am. I'm always trying to get to another place, a better place. I'm always pushing. Anybody else have that type of personality? Dude, I like to win. I'm competitive. I'm the only one in the whole building who's competitive. (laughs) Nancy is competitive. I married a competitive person. In a different way. (laughs) I'm not going to even, I'm not going there right now. In a different way. (laughs) You like to win more than I like to win. Yes. (laughs) But I'm always, it's not that I don't appreciate what's going on. It's not that I don't appreciate what's happening. But I always feel like there's someplace else we need to get to, right? And so instead of enjoying the place that I'm at, I'm always pushing to get to the place where I think. Like I'm talking about open heaven. Instead of standing here today and thinking this is open heaven, I'm thinking there's more. When there is more. But do you not believe that it is the blessing of the Lord to enjoy the place that we are right now? And I started this series two weeks ago reading from Ecclesiastes where Solomon said, it is the blessing of the Lord that one would enjoy the work of their hands and enjoy the life that they have. God wants you to enjoy the life that you have. He doesn't want you to be discontented. He doesn't want you to always be thinking, if I could just get here, if we could just buy this, if I could just drive this, if I could just travel here, if I could just find this person, if I could get away from this person. Some things will never change in Jubilee. (laughs) Solomon, literally, the Bible calls him the smartest man who ever lived. Human, human only, not Jesus. Jesus was divine and human. But you have Solomon, the Bible says, the smartest man who ever lived, made the statement that it is the blessing of the Lord that a person could appreciate the work that they do with their hands or their mind or their heart and that they would enjoy their lives. That's a blessing of the Lord. And I wonder how many of us just don't enjoy our lives because we're always trying to get someplace else. And can I say this to you? Remember this. Please remember this. God is in the process as much as he's in the product. We always think if I could get to the product, then I'll experience God. You will not experience God in the product if you can't experience God in the process. Did you hear what I said? He wants you to enjoy right now where you are. He wants you to experience his power right now. Even in difficulty, God says he uses all things. How many is all? It's all he uses all things. So one of the things, man, that I promise I will do better, would have, should have, could have, but will, is gratitude towards God. First, first Thessalonians 5.18, Paul wrote these. Uh, be thankful in all... That was like mumbling it so it doesn't have to be true. Uh, be thankful in all... Is that easy? Not always. Sometimes it is, but not always. 
but be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He wants us to experience him in all circumstances. He wants us to experience it when it's easy, and he wants us to experience it when we're being squeezed. He wants us to experience him when it's going well and everything feels blessed, and he wants us to experience him even when it feels like everything's being taken away from us. Thank God in all things. And I know that's difficult. I know it is, but there's a reward for doing it. I'll give you a quick story. Um, Julie, in its early days, I had left Resurrection, and I love Res. It's a great church. My heart was there. It's the first church I ever worked at where I felt like I fit. I felt like I belonged. I could see myself there for the long term. I felt like the pastor respected me and loved me. I respected and loved him. I had this great secure place that I was at. My family prospered for the first time in ministry, really prospered where we weren't having to work other jobs or we weren't having to scrimp to get by. And I don't know if you know what I'm saying right there, but it was the first time we just prospered in everything that we were doing. It all came together, and I loved being there. God gave me a dream and messed the whole thing up. <laughs> I'm kidding. And the pastor had said, you heard it in the video, hey, I'm going to retire here one of these days, and when I do, I'd like you to stay and take it. And I loved him, loved him, still love him, still love him. Call him pastor still. Pastors need pastors. And saw him as like, that would be the best thing in the world that could happen. And when we had to leave, when we had to come here and we had to start the church, let me just come down here and talk, right? When it was like, this is what we need to do, there was a tearing that happened. He didn't want to let go. And in order for me to go, I had to kind of pull away. And it wasn't because I thought I knew more. I don't know why we're getting the feedback. We're better? Yeah? Okay. Um... It wasn't because I thought I knew more or could do better. I just, the Lord told me, you have to go do this. I don't know if you've ever been in that place. I couldn't do anything else. I had to go do that thing. And so there was this little bit of a tearing, a, a sundering that had to happen. Someone gave me the word, and they said it's like when you plant a little tree, and it's tethered to all the, you know, you put the, the rods in the ground to hold the tree so that when it grows, it doesn't grow crooked. But when the tree gets big enough, you have to cut it loose so it can finally grow. And a person told me, it's like cutting loose from the thing that's moored you. And you may shake a bit, but now you're going to grow tall and you'll be strong. What a word. I stood on that word and I went forward. I did what God told me to do, not knowing there was going to be any payoff other than I'm just going to trust the Lord in this thing right here. And so in my mind, what Jubilee was going to look like was Resurrection Fellowship. Res is an open heaven church, man. Worship is intense and it's powerful. God sends his word and people get healed without anybody praying for anybody. And yet people pray for people. I mean, it's just a powerful place. Such a powerful place. I enjoyed it so much. And in my mind, I thought, what we're going to do is start this church, and it'll be a mini resurrection fellowship. And it was anything but a mini resurrection fellowship. I found out within the first year, we had the second largest Catholic church in the whole area. <laughs> and you're like, what? what? I didn't think you were Catholic. That's my point, dude. But being an ex-Catholic, we were attracting an unbelievable amount of Catholic people and mainline denominational people, right? And what I want is people who know the Holy Spirit, know how to flow with the Holy Spirit. And what the Lord is giving me is people to introduce to the Holy Spirit. So I'm fighting with God. I even told God one time, God, these are the wrong people. You're sending me the wrong people. And then I had this funky thought. What am I doing wrong that you're sending me all of these wrong people? Fighting with God. And I look at the church is prospering. It's growing. We move from a school to a storefront. In a little tiny storefront, the church grows to a thousand. You took your life in your hands to walk your children back to children's church. You literally, you had to have the Holy Spirit go with you to protect you. It was that tight. 
people fighting for parking, fighting to get in the building. It was just this crazy. And instead of being like, look what God's, I'm like, why are you doing this to me? What have I done wrong? And the Lord literally stopped me. When are you going to thank me for what I've done, not what you think I should have done? Can I just tell you, I think the best church in the world is the one that I have, man. I think the people that I have are the best people in the world. I've had the best time over the last 25 years. I wouldn't trade my church for any church in the world. I wouldn't trade pastoring this church for any other place. This wasn't a stepping stone. This wasn't an ability to get someplace else. We sold uh, everything, came here, burned everything so that we couldn't go back and said, we're going to live and die with this group of people right here. Give my life to a group of people. Wow. Love my church, man. Love my church. But I think of all the times where I was so, I was trying to get someplace else of what I thought would be better instead of enjoying where I was at the time. If you can ever just stop and thank God for where you are, you might actually enjoy your life. Wow. What a concept to enjoy your life. To enjoy. Say it with me. Enjoy your life. God wants you to enjoy your life. Somehow we live in a world where we think we're not supposed to enjoy it till we get to heaven. Dude, it's a long time to not enjoy something while you're waiting. Enjoy your life. Gratitude. Let me give you the second one. This one's on me. Nobody else, me and me alone. Fellowship in Jubilee. Uh, Acts 2.42. This is early in the life of the church. Um, th- this is like uh, just an understanding of what the church was doing. So uh, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to what? Guys, here's what happened. You open your mouth and words come out. They come forward. Okay, all the believers devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and to fellowship. It's a simple uh, process. It doesn't have to be done. It doesn't have to be food trucks, although it can be food trucks. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be around food all the time. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean we have to eat all the time. It seems like that's when, like, hey, come over for fellowship. Let's get fat. So, uh, (laughs) doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) Except for your peach pie, Betsy. That is, that is God's fellowship to me. It belongs to me. And he wants me to have that peach pie. Okay. He wants me to enjoy. I'm not trying to get anyplace else but to that peach pie. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Uh, so, fellowship in Jubilee. We call that area out there, when you walk out of the sanctuary, you walk into that big open room out there, we're calling that the living room or the family room. The whole idea. You're like, anybody tried to buy furniture in the last year or so? It's really difficult to get furniture right now. Oh, no. Supply chain issues. And people went crazy working from home and bought up all the furniture. And so, we ordered furniture. Um, to be out there. Little, they're going to have little sitting nooks all over the place, and we built those garage doors to open up, and there's a playground that we bought the playground. It's actually sitting in that roll-off out there, but until Excel gets here and puts a pipe in, um, we can't build it because they have to go under underneath it. So we set it up where people can just come and hang. You can let your kids just play out there, and you can sit out there, and there's coffee, and there's there's food things. One of the things we're thinking about is maybe bringing in food trucks a little more often so that people can hang out. But the whole idea of calling it the living room and the family room is just to produce fellowship times. For so many years, we, we were forced into multiple services. And I would close the service by saying, I love you, but you need to get out of here. How many remember me telling you that? That really builds fellowship, doesn't it? So for the last four weeks, I have had the best time when the service is over. No other service to get ready for. I don't have to get my mind anyplace else. I just go out there and I hang. I've I've spent a minimum of an hour after every service, uh, sometimes an hour and a half, talking to people. I have people walk up to me, Pastor, I I just want to meet you. That's awesome. How long have you been here? Ten years. (laughs) What? Ten years? 
dude, I'm the best hide-and-go-seek person ever, apparently. Because <laughs> for 10 years, people can't find me. I don't know how that happened. But I, the reason I say it's on me is I know this. Sometimes you just get so busy. You have so many things going on, and you're, you're just rushing from thing to thing to thing that you give up maybe the more important thing or the needful thing. Does that make sense? It was needful. It was needful. But that didn't mean it wasn't important. So one of the things that we decided in what we're doing right now, we're not in any hurry. The reason that, I, look, I, I think numerical growth is cool, and we want you here, but you're going to have to put up with a little more crowdedness because I'm not going to add multiple services to add multiple services. I enjoy taking the time. I enjoy spending the time. I enjoy people hanging out. We want you to hang out. We want the fellowship part in our church to become deeper, to become better, to become clearer, to become easier. And I know this. So goes the leadership, so goes the organization. And if I'm not doing it, how can you expect people to do it? Pastor John's committed. You want to meet me? It will not take you 10 years. Nine and a half, but not 10. No, I'm kidding. I will be out there. Chris and I are out there after every service. Um, I want to encourage you to keep doing these things. I want to tell you that, and these next three things that I tell you, these are three things where I know we've gotten great fruit and that I'm going to double down on this. The first one, if you want to fill in the blank, we just need to ever more prioritize God's presence. Uh, Zechariah 2.5. So I, let me tell you what this is. Through, through time, um, in the most sometimes obscure ways and sometimes just right up front ways, people who didn't know each other, people who didn't necessarily fellowship with each other, people who were like passing through or people who did attend here, Maybe sometime in a prayer group. Maybe it was somebody that had a dream or got a word. I, I, at least, I don't want to exaggerate this, at least 25 or 30 times, someone out of the blue has sent me this scripture with this word telling me that this is what the Lord is doing, wants to do, and will do in our church. And so look at what Zechariah uh, writes. I myself, speaking of the Lord, will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and then this part. And I will be its glory within the walls of it. Churches can be known for a lot of things, and they are in our community. You can be the biggest church. You can be the concert church. You can be the charismatic church. You can be the quiet church. What about being the church where we're known for the glory of God in our midst? Instead of being like, hey, they do this thing well or they do that thing well, they feed you well over there. What if people say, if you go there, you'll encounter God in that church? I think the greatest thing that could happen to Jubilee is for it to be known. That's the place if you need to meet God, you'll meet God at Jubilee. I want to double down more than ever on practicing the presence of the Holy Spirit in our church. Listen what you need. I, I know you need better preaching and I'm practicing hard. What you really need, though, you need to encounter the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is the answer to whatever you're dealing with right now. If your heart is broken, the Holy Spirit is a healer. And if you're triumphing, then the Holy Spirit is your best friend and will share with you. And if you find yourself right now not being able to hear from God, He's the conduit to hearing the voice of the Lord. The Bible calls Him the fellowship. The love of Jesus the grace of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that makes Jesus flesh and blood and real. And if you see Jesus as nothing more than a historical character that was a good person who may or may not lived a long time ago, 
The Holy Spirit is what makes Jesus totally real, alive, and active in your life today. We need the Holy Spirit in our church more than ever before. I don't want to attract a lot of people. I want people to come because the Holy Spirit is in our midst, man. It'll change your life. It changes my life. He's our everything. We covet the activity of the Holy Spirit. They say a lot of things about us. They have a new building. They have much better chairs than they had in the school. The sound is better. I like their lights. <laughs> it's easier to get in and out of it. But the one thing I want them to say is that if you go to Jubilee, you will encounter the Holy Spirit at Jubilee. The second one is just to discover and recover the promises of God. I know that we've gotten a lot of fruit out of that. That, that. Let me tell you where that comes from real quickly. When Chris and I were deciding to plant the church, we got before the Lord and we asked him, what do you want us to call it? And I've, I've told this story. you probably heard me say it. At that time, everybody was naming a church um, whatever community church, right? And nothing wrong with that. It's a great name. It's an easy name. Whatever community church. It describes what a church is trying to be. So we thought, well, we can, maybe it would be Highlands Ranch Community Church. Maybe it would be Lone Tree Community Church. Maybe it would be Centennial uh, Community Church. I wanted a name that everybody could and what does the name of the Lord give? Call it Jubilee. Like, could we have something masculine, perhaps, Lord, that <laughs> represented me a little bit in the situation? But here's where it came from. At that time, we were up at Res. I was preaching a series from Leviticus 25 on the year of Jubilee. And if you don't know, Israel had, at the end of every 50 years, they had the Jubilee for one year. And the land was the promise. And if you had lost your land, sold your land, mortgaged your land, whatever it was, in the 50th year, your land, the promises of God, came back to you. Wherever you were in the world, you went home to Israel. Think about that. And then the last thing, if you had any debt in the 50th year, Jubilee erased all your debt. How many of you would love to write on Visa Bill this month? Jubilee. I thought about writing it on the Builder's Bill, but I don't think they would have accepted it very well. So I'm preaching in that series right there, and I know that the Lord told me the very first time that Jesus does ministry, listen real quick, let me just connect this, right? Connect these dots. The very first time Jesus does ministry uh, in a synagogue, he walks in, he's handed a scroll. They would read from the scroll. They didn't have this. They would read from the scroll, the Torah. And Jesus is reading from Isaiah, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 is a quote from Leviticus 25. So all of these things, are, they're coming together. And this is what Jesus uh, says. No, this is not 2 Corinthians. I need you to go to the Luke scripture. There you go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's quoting from Luke. Luke, uh, excuse me, he's quoting from Isaiah. And Isaiah is pulling this uh, from Leviticus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. Look at this last part. And that the time of the Lord's what? That is a reference to the year of Jubilee, that when God's favor is there, you get the promises that belong to you. You're connected to what God wants for you. There's a release from the indebtedness of sin and slavery. Jesus is the Jubilee. So when he told us to call it Jubilee, it wasn't because it was a weird name. This church exists to be unique and different than all other churches because in this place, we believe that God's favor being poured out today. That we're not preparing for some horrible end times that before any time of that, that God is going to pour his spirit out upon his people. That's what it says right here. As long as Jesus is still here, that we have God's favor in this place. Yes or no? And that's, that's what I believe. All right, so, so let, me, let, me, uh, just let me show you. 2 Corinthians 1.20, I'll pull that up. Uh, no matter how many promises God has made, 
And God has made a lot of promises, man. He's promised you health. He's promised you peace. He's promised you security. He's promised you things in your life. My Bible says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, repent from their sins, then I will hear their prayers. I will heal their land. I will visit them again, open heaven. That's promise. He's promised marriages. He's promised future. He's promised to never leave you or forsake. There are so many promises, more than I know, more than you know. Everything that God has promised you, here's what Paul says about it. No matter how many promises God has made, they are what? They are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. It is a time to discover and recover. It is not a time to put your head in the sand, to back up, to bow down, to go away, to get weak. Be strong. Do something great in this time. God, I, I think so. God, would you please show up? I think God's like, I have. Why don't you show up? Just a thought. Holy Spirit, would you come down? I already have. The prayer should not be Holy Spirit. Come down. The Holy Spirit should bubble up inside of us. Rivers of living water will come out of you. Yes or no? When do we realize we're conduits of that and we can let that out wherever we go? Especially when we come together in here. Ooh. Here's the last one. I'll get you out. Uh, I promise, let there be jubilee. I just read Luke 4, 18 and 19, that God is here to heal, to recover, to discover. Uh, I put this in my notes, and I didn't get to it last night, but let me say it real quick. In my mind, the kingdom of God is way more like Baskin-Robbins than it is like anything else. And if you're old enough to remember, Baskin-Robbins used to have a saying, 30 Wonderful flavors. Remember, they made that little play. Not 31, 30 wonderful flavors. You know, Baskin-Robbins actually has 1,300 flavors throughout the year. And the kingdom of God is more like that than it is like vanilla. God uses all sorts of different churches, life-giving, though, in order to have people experience him, yes or no. What's Jubilee's flavor in the kingdom? There should be an ice cream out there called Jubilee. And it should be a little mixture of everything. So good that you can't turn it down. And yet, too much of it, oh. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So let me end it with this. Listen to this. As long as I pastor, as long as God is the glory inside, then we are unapologetically joyful, hopeful, thankful, wonderful, inspirational, faithful, blessed, generous, cheerful, trustful, loving, optimistic, and we will be excited to be here. That's who we are, man. So... Here's my final, my final blessing over you, and then Pastor Terry will come and dismiss you. In that little scripture from Genesis, uh, I'm going to bring you to the land. You'll acquire property. Those two things have happened. The third thing, anybody remember what it was? You'll be fruitful, and you'll multiply. If you were looking for a time to be involved in something, I'd want to go when it was being fruitful. I wouldn't want to go after it's been stripped. I'd want to go right when the fruit was happening. I think you get involved now, and it is a fruitful time to become part of a church. I'm not saying Jubilee is the only place for that, but if you are looking, dude, what a time. What a time. How would you like to have fruit in your life right now? I mean, come on. You don't raise your hand, you don't get any fruit. Okay, there we go. All right. Lord, we love you, and thank you for the opportunity just to, just to have a day of blessing, just to have a day, Lord, where we celebrate something. It's so good to celebrate. You're so faithful to us. Thank you for all that you've done. We do it for your glory, for your name, Father God, because you are awesome, Lord. You are awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We pray it in your name. Amen. And amen. Hang on here, Pastor John.
Wow, are you glad you're here today? <laughs> Very good. So you may not be aware, but I'm old. He mentioned Acts. I'm in Acts. I started then. It's in the scripture. You read it. It says, Terry in the upper room. It does say that. They got it better than yeah, that. Yeah, right. yeah, so, yeah. Anyway. Hey, the purpose of saying that is that I've been around a long time in ministry, 49 years, 12 pastors. I've watched over the years pastors navigate times for the last almost 50 years. I'm so grateful, the word that you preached, that I get to be a part of being here and watching the leadership that Pastor John and Chris provides our church. They literally have done an amazing job beginning 24 years ago in several buildings. I remember the first one, the school. Uh, John called me, I don't know if you remember this, and said, hey, do you think I could do this? John had been a volunteer, started his ministry, and I saw great fruit. My son Jeremiah was here, was in his first youth, youth group, junior high group. I saw the gifting of God on him, and he began to watch over his years of ministry. The arc of that and the amazing gift of leadership he provided wherever he went. And so when he said, can I do this? I thought, I don't think there's anybody better to do this than you, John. And so he launched into this. We were at the first little building. I was in South Carolina. I was doing design for a church. You asked me to do the first little logo. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Had confetti. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute. We wanted it to be a party, it a was, celebration. It was a party. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to dig that up. Yeah. That'd be fun at some point. But anyway, <laughs> and God has blessed this. So here's the truth. Pastor John mentioned all those people that made it happen. But let's be honest. Without great leadership, nothing happens. And we have... Chris, come on up. Yes. I want you to honor Pastor John and Chris on this their day of a grand opening.